The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There are reports of record levels of respiratory syncytial, I believe it is, virus being recorded across the country. RSV mainly affects babies and is putting children's hospitals under huge pressure. And there's almost 1,000 cases of RSV last week um, with almost 370 patients, most of them children, being hospitalised. Dr Maura Finn, GP at Ennis Centric Health, joins me now to go through what is RSV, what you should look out for and what you should do if you, or particularly if your child, develops it. Uh, Moira, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Anton. How are you? I'm very good. It seems that there is a trifecta. There's RSV, there's COVID and flu, and RSV is particularly problematic this winter. Yeah, RSV is, you know, they're the big three, aren't they? The three viruses, but flu and RSV are the seasonal viruses. So every winter we have peaks in them, and they're usually kind of from around late October until early February. And that has happened this year, as, as predicted, but there has been a huge surge in the last week or two. But like you said, uh, nearly a thousand cases notified. And that's only the ones notified. There's multiples of that circulating in the community. Um, and, and that's a, a, it's a problem. It's, um, it, it's a problem to very small babies in particular. But 90% of children under the age of two get a, 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 have a contact with RSC at some stage. So it's not, you know, for most of them, they have a minor illness. But for the small babies or the premature babies or the babies that have other underlying conditions, they can become very unwell. Um, so it's really important for parents to kind of know about it. And thankfully, there, there is more awareness about RSV in the last couple of years, um, which is really important because people need to know that it's often a very innocent kind of snuffles, upper respiratory um, symptoms of a mild temperature, a bit of a cough, maybe reduced ble- um, feeding. But then it can actually develop into something that goes lower into the lungs, into the lower respiratory tract. And that's when children could become quite distur- distressed. Um, lose their appetite, unable to feed, become dehydrated and sometimes need supportive treatment which could involve being in hospital. That's always a huge challenge for a parent making the judgement between being hypochondriacal on behalf of their child and not letting mm. get something get to a problematic level before they intervene. Are there any critical factors that parents should look for, particularly parents of little babies? Absolutely. And, and I think it's important to stress to a parent, you're never wasting anybody's time by checking. If you're not sure, follow your gut instinct. That's really important. And you, you'll know when your child is, if it's a different type of illness that your child has gotten. But what we often, the signs that we look for in this, particularly in the small babies, okay, so from zero to six months, these are the ones that we really become, um, even up to a year, but six months in particular, if a child is flaring their nostrils when they're breathing, they're, can you imagine they're trying to get more air into their lungs so they really put an effort in? If they're grunting or if their belly is rising and falling quickly when they're actually breathing, these are all signs that they're really putting an awful lot of effort using their muscles of their chest wall to try and get air into their lungs. Um, so fast breathing and all those kind of dis- stressed breathing signs, they're important. Another thing we always would look for is um, for small babies, if they're not wetting nappies, if they have less than three wet nappies in a day, that means they're getting a bit dehydrated, means they're struggling and it means that you need to take more um, more care. If they're becoming very lethargic as well, you know, babies sleep a lot, but there's a difference. There's a difference between when they're kind of just, it's hard to rouse them. That's important. Look at their colour, look at their temperature, but follow your gut instinct. That is really important. And in 
in relation to the the underlying disease itself then and the cause of, of RSV, we, we've heard a lot about um, respiratory viruses and the capacity to vaccinate against them. Is there any prospect of RSV showing up on the vaccine schedule? Yeah, well, there's big news around that. NIAC um, only very recently has published recommendations um, to this, there's two vaccines in, de- in development with two different companies for passive immunisation. So, um, and NIAC has actually recommended them. They've been passed by the European Medicine Agency and some European countries are using them already. Um, currently, they're, they're, I think HICWA are going through the process of um, finalising them now, but they could be game changers here because RSV, like I said, it accounts for so much respiratory illness in, in babies. And it's not just the, the sick baby and the babies in hospital and the babies in ICU, but it's also the toll it takes on the family and the older children on, on the elderly grandparents that might be minding sick babies who may be at risk of developing RSV as well. So it would be it would be a massive thing if we could have find a way of controlling this infection and controlling its spread and avoiding the, the serious repercussions that it um, leads to. And to that last cohort, just to, to wrap us up, Moira, what of the elderly, what of people who are immunocompromised? Well, if they, if you have an elderly, like particularly, you know, when parents have small children, they're trying to get to work and the child can't be in the crèche and they may not be very unwell with their RSV. But if their elderly parent is minding the child and they have COPD, for instance, like a chest um, condition, they may be very much at risk of developing the RSV themselves. It isn't, uh, they're not as vulnerable as the very small babies, but, you know, somebody who's uh, unwell um, and maybe on inhalers or other treatment for respiratory conditions, yes, they need to be careful. There is a, a vaccine that has been brought out for the older population um, and I'm not really sure where, where that's available at the moment. But, you know, thankfully there's work being done around this and around um, viruses in general to try and limit their spread and limit their effect on the, on the community at large. Moira, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. That's Dr. Moira Finn, who is GP at Enocentric Health. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.